Hello and welcome to Foot Bros. I'm with my bro, Keenan, and we shall be discussing football, fantasy, and more with you today. It has been another big week in football, fifth match of C1. The uh, C2 matches are going to be happening this evening as we record on Thursday, the 30th of November. And it was also a fun week in Premier League football. So, Keenan, with no Tristan. further ado, let's get stuck in. I got to ask, what the hell is C2 and C1? <laughs> Never heard of that. Oh, so, okay. So, for listeners, I live in France. Uh, and uh, the, the, sometimes I will say things that are French, <laughs> and I've, I've just sort of liberally translated them back into English. In, in France, C1, C1, is, uh, is another name for the Champions League, and so C2, C2 is, uh, is the Europa League. Ah. So C3, yep. the conference, then. Exactly. So actually, conferences play tonight as well. I'm... Right. I was I caught was up in the Europa League because Brighton are playing. It's a big game. <laughs> Who are they playing? Uh, Brighton are playing Athens. And, uh, uh, and they, they pretty much need to win it. I mean, it would, be, it would be very good if they did. Let's put it that way. Do you know who else Brighton are playing this week, Tristan? Uh, remind me who Brighton are playing this week. There, Brighton are playing big Chelsea. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Big old Chelsea. Yeah. For, uh, for listeners, we were meant to go to that game, but, uh, but, we, but we're not. That would, have been a great, that would have been a great thing to add to our next week podcast. Be like, yeah, we it went was. to the game. This is what happened. It was so cool. But we won't be there. So um, <laughs> never, never be mind. We failed to get tickets. If yep. our sponsors are listening, our potential sponsors... Uh, we do need tickets for games, so do feel free to get those for us. Yeah, feel free to fire them our way, and we'll give you a shout <laughs> in our in our next. Episode. Much yes. appreciated. Thanks, guys. Thanks. It's nil nil, by the way, for Brighton right now. Uh, oh, it's happening now. It's happening like now. It. Started at started uh, at six forty five, and uh, West Ham are also at nil nil as we speak against uh, TSC Bashkatopola, which sounds. Check. It does, doesn't it? Bit of live commentary then while we while we do our episode. It's fun. Indeed. Fun little, fun little twist. So yeah, other in, in other news in the Champions League, Arsenal had a very comfortable showing and it's been a very nice week for them. They are now top of the Premier League, top of the table in the Champions League, top of their group rather. And uh, they'll be feeling confident right now, won't they? Oh yeah, they definitely will. Definitely. This is kind of what they need. They need that confidence. They, they need to know that they can be put in these consistent performances yep. week in, week out. And they're, they're starting to do it. And, you know, this the, in the Premier League, so it's, it's a bit of a three-horse race is what's coming now. Arsenal yeah. and Liverpool. It reminds me of the 2021-22 season when it was a three-horse race around this time of year between City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. And Chelsea was the one to drop off around Christmas time. So who do we think might drop off soonish? Who's going to be the first casualty of the three-horse race? Well, you, you kind of you have to say that it's, gotta be, it's going to be Arsenal or Liverpool, right? I mean, yes. do City don't I, drop off properly? I think, we, uh, I think that goes without saying. 
Yeah, it kind of does. Which of Liverpool or Arsenal is going to drop? <laughs> yeah, that's um, the real question. In my opinion, given what we just said, I think it's more likely to be Liverpool because Liverpool, I think, are a very strong team. And probably when both Arsenal and Liverpool are playing at their very best, Liverpool are probably better. But I think Liverpool are in a sort of... They're a team in a bit of a transition. You know, they were this, like, super super team. And now they're kind of yeah. refinding themselves. Whereas Arsenal are this sort of up-and-coming team that is really fleshing out its squad depth, getting that confidence, like we said, getting the consistency. And therefore, I see them as being a more likely candidate to stay the course for this season. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, but I also think that it's entirely possible that this remains a three-horse race uh, okay. up until the end. Oh, you're right. You're right. You can challenge. You can challenge the assumption that anyone will drop off. That doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Um, so I, I think we'll see. I, I, it, or either it, I think I think for me, what's more likely is either it remains a three-horse race, or City pull ahead more than the other two drop off. Do you see what I mean? Like okay. I don't. I'm not picturing as things are going, and given the teams, unless there's some kind of major run of injuries or or something like that i'm not picturing either arsenal or liverpool completely dropping off like suddenly losing games they shouldn't be losing blah 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 i can picture them losing a game here or there uh having an off day and city not having an off day and therefore pulling away if you see what i mean mean, there's a difference between having a few off days where city don't and dropping off well, absolutely. Uh, no, and neither Arsenal or Liverpool are going to comp- capitulate completely. Although it's it, it's easy to do in this in in this league, and when you've got yeah teams like City around, look what happened to Tottenham just now. We'll get to them in a sec. But three they, three straight defeats, and they're out of the title race, right? Arsenal last season. They had they had I think it was also three straight defeats or something like that. A string of poor results. But very quickly, they were com- they were out of the race as well. So when you've got City who win or draw, or no, who win almost every game, draw every now and then, they drop so few points. You just, in a way, losing twice in a row is capitulating when the standards are this high. So it's just true. Uh, yeah, wh- whoever whoever does that first, whoever does the unthinkable and lose a game, <laughs> will will be out of the race. While Arsenal enjoyed a nice week, uh, it wasn't great for everyone. Tottenham now suffered their third defeat in a row. Mind you, when they were leading in in all of those games at one point. Tottenham, if they keep losing like this, they're not just going to drop out of the title race. They're going to drop out of top four as well. Top four race is extremely competitive this year. So, you know, mm. they've got to get their act together pretty soon. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, but but we'll see we'll see what they can do, and yeah, maybe maybe this will all pass when they get Madison back. Maybe he's maybe. that important. Yeah, the golden man. He is, golden he's gold, he's golden. Shame he can't break into the England squad. So competitive the England squad though, isn't it? It's like, not, yeah, it's not just that. It's just it's 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 the midfield. The question is how to balance it out. Because like behind Rice and Bellingham, he probably is the third best midfielder. But then. If you have Bellingham and Madison, you've got two attacking midfielders, and this is not balanced. Yeah. 
But anyway, this episode's not about England. Not this time. Not this we'll time around. That. We'll get back to that when next uh, international break. Well, when they when they do the draw for the Euros, then we'll be able to discuss the groups and everything. That'll be fun. Did you see the highlights from the Manchester United game in the Champions League? Uh, I didn't see the one for the Champions League. I saw the one for the Premier League. And go that Joe! Oh, what an overhead! Oh go my that God! Joe! That was incredible. That was insane. The guy like trucks back several <laughs> meters to go get the ball. He's like, mm, "I can have that." <laughs> Runs oh. back. The leap is insane. The distance, the angle, everything. What's particularly hilarious about this is that is that Bappe tried a similar one against Newcastle uh, on Tuesday, and uh, and he failed. Quite hilariously, he just sort of he just sort of flailed and missed and landed. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, nice try." But Garnacho has taken it for this week. You can't take the acrobatic gold title off of him right now. Mbappe wishes he was a Garnacho. <laughs> well, yes and no. I mean, I reckon Mbappe Garnacho wishes he was Mbappe. <laughs> I can only dream of playing at the levels of Ghana. <laughs> no, but uh, United, yes. So, I mean, that was that was an incredible goal. And it was a very good game. It was a very good performance against Everton. And even and they're starting to improve. You can see that. And even their Champions League game, they played quite well. But, oh, my God, did Onana have an absolute shocker, which cost them the win. They ended up with a draw against Galatasaray. But, Jesus Christ... Two huge mistakes, both of them from direct free kicks by Ziyech. Um, in, in both cases, the ball was sort of kicked in at the goal, very close to him, and he just kind of let it in. <laughs> the first one, he just sort of let it go past him, and the second one, he, he jumped in front of it and knocked it into his own net. At the other end of the Premier League table, uh, Luton had a very good result against Crystal Palace. They managed to Luton's steal and first but, ever home win, Kenilworth yeah. Road has got its first ever home Premier League win, and I think that's awesome. Good for them. But on the flip side, uh, Burnley managed to squander a lead um, to West Ham and lose that game. And yeah. uh, it, it, at the moment, it's looking like Luton are more likely team to stay up than Burnley, but no one would have predicted that at the beginning of the season because Burnley were flying high in the championship and yep. Luton, were, Luton scraped through to the Prem. But Burnley are just not cutting it right now. That might change, but at the moment they aren't. No, um, they really aren't. I mean, they're, they're not going up. They're not turning up. They're not turning up. They've got five, five or six straight losses, something like that. And uh... Company has, he has a vision. He has a philosophy. Just not working. <laughs> been... Yeah. I mean, could can say what you like. It's not working. I don't know. They might. They might. They might. It might come good. Who knows? Well, but, the next uh, game is Sheffield, and uh, that's like a battle of the battle of the bottom two. Yes, that is a pure relegation fodder game. That um, <laughs> it might end up having no consequence. <laughs> they might both just go straight down. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a six pointer at this point in the season. It is actually. It really yeah. is. It's already a six-pointer. Indeed, I think we can. I think we can assume, despite their 
even though they got that 10 point deduction Everton will be fine yeah probably it kind of depends I also think it depends on how how much that that points deduction plagues on them in the yeah I just don't know yeah I feel like they probably won't I mean I don't know it just just seems like they're good enough to stay up they were not gonna they weren't good enough to get into Europe they were always gonna I feel like if they hadn't been deducted any points they would have ended up 13th and now they'll end up 15th or 16th and that's just it really that's mm -hmm. I you know I don't think it's gonna be very consequential um as someone I saw someone talking about the current um state of like so so obviously city uh, and Chelsea are also under investigation yeah and um and his, his like conclusion was basically City and Chelsea have lawyers that are good enough that mean they won't be punished and uh, Everton just need to win one or two more games given the state of the other teams in the relegation zone to stay up. So ultimately nobody gets punished and that's how things should be. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if City and Chelsea don't get punished because yeah. they might do. Well I um, I think City have the worst a worse uh, risk because they have what is it 115 possible charges against them? Oh god, them? yeah, no, it's insane. Um, how was your FPL week, Tristan? My FPL week was actually pretty good. Yeah, I was a little bit scared at the beginning because um, I I had so I initially I got I had a decent starting team. I was happy with my starting team, but everyone on my bench was injured, and so. And well, no, not everyone on my bench was injured, but I had some injured players in my starting team. So I had White, I had Bowen, uh, yeah. and I have Burn on my bench. I had Burn on my bench. And so I was a little bit scared that if anybody else didn't play and those guys didn't play, then I was going to end up with, you know, a player not playing. So I brought in Reese James. Yeah. Thinking Chelsea's got a good swing of fixtures. James is nailed on. He's the captain. And uh, even yeah. if, great player, and even if Chelsea aren't getting clean sheets, James can still get goals and assists. Yeah, at the very least, he'll get two points and call it a day, right? I mean, exactly. That yeah. was my thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and then, what does Jamesy Boy do? What does Jamesy Boy do? He gets himself a red card. The nutter. So, <laughs> so obviously, I'm staring at minus three points because Chelsea lost 4-1, so that's the minus two points for the defensive uh, player as well. So I'm sitting here staring at James, who at this point in time, is on my bench, ready to come in for Ben White if he doesn't play. And I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be an awful week. Sorry, but... just, I'll let you finish, but I, what I really like about um, the, the, when you get a red card on FPL is that the, the goals that are conceded still, still count towards the player, even after they get off, sent off. Yeah, because it's your <laughs> fault if the defence yeah. has holes. <laughs> So you're just sitting there, so obviously conceding goal is quite likely once you've had a player sent off. So you just sit there, your man's been sent off, and he's racking up the minus points. Oh, it's oh, brutal. brutal. Awful. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah, so, um, uh, so yeah, I'm sitting there with that. I've got Bowen, who might play, might not. Gordon, who got 13 points, is sitting on my bench. If Bowen plays, he's not coming off the bench. So I will have 13 points sitting on the bench. And if Ben White doesn't play, then my James's minus three are going to come on. So everything's looking pretty awful. And then <laughs> Bowen doesn't play, which means Gordon's coming on for me. And White plays 
30 seconds or something at the end of that Arsenal game. And that means I get one point from him and that saves me from the minus three. So that's actually plus four points when you're looking at it that way. And in the end, I ended up with 62 points, which is a solid amount above the average. And that has helped me to the top of all of my mini leagues, except for one where I'm second, but I'm not far behind the dude ahead of me. So to conclude, I'm pretty chuffed. Thank you very much. Pigme, how was your week? That that white thing was really lucky for you. Yep. Um, I'm also quite happy. A pretty good week. Yeah, I had the same thing. Bowen came off for Gordon, so that was a huge boost. I went from about the average score to quite far above uh, above it. So, um, yeah, I'm just looking at my team right now. It was pretty good. Yeah, so I got a couple of returns in defense. Salah, Salah, who I captained, played. Uh, he got a return. Not much lower than the other main captain, which is Haaland, so that was all right. Obviously, Gordon did really well, and then Haaland and Watkins both delivered. So, yeah, I got, I got a good spread of points. Um, at the end, we had this situation, didn't we, where uh, we had the same number of points. Three, uh, three, Both of us had three players left to play, but two of them were the same. And then we had the two players that were different from each other that we both had to play was Son and Huang. So it really it was a battle of the Korean players to see who would who between us would uh, would end up on top this game week. And going against the grain a bit, it was Son who blanked and Huang who got the points. Uh, yeah. You know, well done to Tristan. Took the took the head to head this week and uh, bumped his lead up even further. <laughs> All right, I'm still going to catch you. That. I'll, uh, I'll I'll catch you in the end, mate. Don't don't you worry. Son though had three offside goals disallowed. Don't know if you yes, knew that. Yes, I did know and, that. Absolute, uh, that's horrendous. But otherwise, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the general score. It's bumped, got some green arrows. Um, now, in, now, now, finally, back into the top million, which is uh, at least something. So, uh, mm-hmm. And I'm doing doing really well in my uh, in my mini leagues. Actually, I think they I think I got quite lucky with the <laughs> difficulty of my opponents. They didn't, the only the only public mini league that I'm not winning is the one with you in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for my for the upcoming week. I've taken out Bowen because we don't know when he's coming back, and so it's yeah, safe to get right. rid of him. Everybody else is bringing in Bumo, and mm-hmm. I personally am not a hundred percent on that particular decision. In that uh, Brentford aren't playing particularly well right now. Yeah, uh, they've lost two in a row games that they could have won as well. And, okay, they have Luton and Sheffield coming up in their fixtures, but yeah. they also have a blank game week 18. So I'm like, isn't Bummo really the person you want to be bringing in right now? Well, everyone, yeah, people, people, whenever they see the Luton fixture, they're like, you need whoever is the best player on that team in your team now. And I think that was true from, like, game weeks one to eight or whatever. But Luton aren't that bad <laughs> right now. And, uh yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know why there's such a mad rush to get him. I also don't have him. So, um, mm. yeah, we'll see if we we come to regret that or not. If uh, we're I, right, yeah. I went for Cole Palmer following your uh, your suggestions. Actually, I brought him in instead of Bowen, which has helped to free up funds as well that I think are going to go up, uh, up front. I'm going to replace Archer. I have like almost three million to play with, so I think I'm going to replace Archer with Nunez. Or Solanke uh, mm. after the next game week. But for the time being, I've got Cole Palmer, who's on penalties, who's on a, an attacking-minded Chelsea team. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, he should come good, and especially at his price, he's a good, good pick, I'd say. Um, interesting that you went him, brought him in just before the Brighton game, though. You're gonna have to sort of secretly hope he doesn't return. <laughs> I had Gordon on the bench for the Chelsea game because I thought, you know, wanted to back, wanted to back my team, but. When I saw him demolishing them, I was like, oh, thank, thank God he's coming on. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the look of my team, my midfield right now. It's got, it's got the three big boys, Salah, Saka, Son, the three big S's in the middle. And then on the wings, as it were, are Palmer and Gordon, the two, the two Premier League's two wonder kids. And uh, I, I like the way it looks. Um, I just, I just want, I just hope Son doesn't, doesn't keep not scoring. But you know, again, g- given he got unlucky last time, obviously the next game's against City, so we'll give him a bit of a free pass there. But um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be all right. So he, he's, he's, he's not going anywhere right now. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. I took Pedro Porro off of the starting team, and I put in Bayer from Burnley, who's playing Sheffield. And you know, I wouldn't normally want a Burnley defender to be on my starting team, but it is Sheffield at home. And if there's any team that Burnley can keep a clean sheet again, it is Sheffield who I like. <laughs> great. Like, what, how did you describe them? Please repeat before. Uh, no. I said that they have, they're about as threatening as a wet sock. <laughs> wet sock is my pretty, description. Wet sock's kind of threatening though. You, I mean, you, if someone's throwing a wet sock in your face, you'd be like, damn, get that Ow. wet sock away from me. In the world of Monsters, Inc., a wet sock is very threatening. Uh, In the human world, a wet sock really doesn't hurt that much. (laughs) But, like, the the danger is getting a wet sock on you. And, you know, that's cold and unpleasant. It depends how we're defining threat, I guess. (laughs) It does depend how we're defining threat. I was thinking threat on a scale of, like, bazooka down to... Down to trudging, right? Like somebody pulls that out and you feel threatened. Somebody pulls out a wet sock, I do not feel threatened. Confused, maybe. That might be the first instinct, but I don't feel threatened. Well, I mean, football is a sport, right? So you're not supposed to actually be violently attacked <laughs> when playing football. So the threat yes. of a goal, a ball going in your net is, I'd say, about the same as the threat of being hit in the face with a wet sock. I'd say it's equivalent. Game? Game? Have you got a game for us this time, Keenan? Well, thank you for asking, Tristan. As it happens, we do. This is a prediction game. Okay, yeah, go hit me. Right, so, how does this game work, you ask? We need to predict the outcomes of next week's Premier League, or this week's Premier League fixtures. Uh, win, lose, or draw. What the way the game works is we're going to be taking real betting odds that I've taken from Bet365. The way it'll work is we'll be using fake money to bet on each fixture on the on the outcome that we think is going to happen. And the objective of the game is next week we will see who has made the most money or lost the least money, if you will. Whoever whoever has the most money remaining uh, next week. Whoever has the most money next week is the winner of this week's game. Um, you, we have you have a hundred pounds to play with, okay. and you can you, generally you bet ten pounds on each game on each fixture. 
but in one case we're letting you bet five pounds reduce that to five pounds if you're feeling less confident about that one and in one case you can increase it to 15 pounds if you want to double down on a certain game okay so the first fixture is arsenal versus wolves tristan what are you going to do uh i am going to oh brighton scored hey yes one nail to brighton anyway uh arsenal versus wolves I am going to say that uh, Arsenal, as we were discussing earlier, are on flying form. Wolves, not as much. And so I, I think there's no doubt here Arsenal are going to win that one. All right. And a £10 bet? £10 bet. Sticking with the classic. I'll do the same thing. Brilliant. Moving on. Brentford versus Luton. Ooh, this is an interesting one because Luton... Now, this is Brentford versus Luton. This is at the Brentford Stadium. And I think that makes a big difference with Luton. I think they are much stronger at home uh, than they are away. So normally I might say, you know, with this fixture, given Luton maybe having a bit of confidence from that game against Palace, what they won. Um, you know, if it were at home, I'd probably go for a draw. But in this case, I'm thinking that Brentford will pull through and get the win. So I'm going to say a Brentford win. And I'll put £10 on it. I am going to... I'm going to go with the draw. Oh, okay. I'm going to go, go with the draw. Uh, I'm going to stick with the classic £10 on that one, but I'm going with the draw. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Because Brent uh, Luton have been defending quite well uh, in, their, in their last few games. Mm -hmm. Uh home and away like they only lost one nil to Man U away so I think I think that they can keep keep Brentford quiet okay Let's see what happens Burnley versus Sheffield this is that relegation <laughs> that's what we were talking about how many own goals are going to be scored in this game <laughs> what do you think <laughs> it's going to be one one two own goals <laughs> That's what, that's what, are you calling that? Yeah, sure. I'm going to call, yeah, I'll say draw. <laughs> Two own goals. There you go. I think Sheffield just have what it takes to pit this. It's going to be, a, I, I, I think it's going to be a boring 1-0, <laughs> but I think Sheffield are going to slip through. That's interesting, because if I didn't do draw, I would have gone for Burnley. So uh, that's interesting that you, you're backing Sheffield. All right, uh, then Nottingham Forest versus Everton. What do you reckon? Despite a limp display against Man U, I think, uh, I think this is where we see Everton uh, pull back. So win for Everton. Win for Everton. I'm going to do the same thing, but I'm going to reduce the size of my bet. I don't, I don't feel confident that Everton will win. I just think it's a bit more likely. So I'm doing a £5 bet on this one, Everton to win. Newcastle versus Manchester United. I, I am, I'll kick this off. I'm going to go Newcastle to win. I think at home, they're just, they are very strong at home. They've really made St. James a fortress. They got work to do away, but, but at home, they're, they're, they're tough. They're a tough, they're a tough cookie. Yeah, I'm agreeing with that one. I'm going Newcastle to win. All right. Classic 10 on that. 
Okay, Bournemouth versus Aston Villa. For me, it's Aston Villa. Not really a question about that one. Yeah, okay. I'm actually happy. I'm going to double down on that one. Doubling down. All right. Yeah. Aston Villa to win. I I will also double down. Oh, no, sorry. I will also say Villa, but I will not double down. Um, okay, now this next one. My team, Chelsea versus Tristan's team, Brighton. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. What's going to happen? Um, I'm... <laughs> Unsurprisingly, no, I'm going to say Chelsea to win. I don't, I don't think it'll be an easy win, but I think they can do it. I think that home is a bit better. They did beat them last time in the Carabao Cup. And I just think, I think, I think there'll be, I hope, and I think, and I hope that they'll be a bit shaken by that Newcastle game that they'll want to put in a bit of a shift. And I think, uh, Brighton are struggling a little bit defensively right now, and Chelsea have them have improved their attacking prowess. So I think there'll be goals conceded by both. And I, if I have to get a, res- a result, I'd say three-two to Chelsea. Okay, uh, I am going to say Brighton. Uh, this is part of a mind here. Well, actually, I actually think Brighton could win this. I'm not. I'm not just saying that because I want Brighton to win. I actually think Brighton could win. I agree. They they definitely could. And surprisingly, by the way, again, you know, we're not we're not suggesting anybody gamble, but the the actual real life betting odds are quite good. If you were, I'm not going to bet against Chelsea. I never would. But as a neutral, the 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 odds are quite nice for Brighton. Mm-mm. As in, like. I used to say, I think they have a much better chance of winning than the odds suggest they do. So, uh, yeah. Feel so like... we'll see how that goes down. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this could be your, like, winning move, this. It could. Anyway. Um, all right. Liverpool versus Fulham. I realise I do need to double down at some point. Um, anyway. <laughs> Liverpool versus Fulham. Maybe this will be all. Yeah, this could be the one. Yeah, uh, what do you think? Well, I think Liverpool will win. And should I double down or shall I save that for the City game? Nah, but doubling down on City is boring. All right, we'll double down on Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Liverpool to win the Classic 10. Uh, for West Ham versus Crystal Palace, I am going to say Palace, but I'm putting my five quid on this one. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a decent move, though. Because West Ham have not been convincing recently, and I think Crystal Palace can, with some individual brilliance and some West Ham not being great, they can win this. So I'm, but I'm not 100 percent certain about that. All right, that's that's interesting. So you think they're gonna make a recovery from their defeat to Luton? Yeah, I think so because I mean it's not like they were awful in that defeat to Luton. It wasn't a, it wasn't like a, you know. Mm-hmm. And like you well, saw they, they, No, they're strong. They're a strong team. They could do it. I'm going to put draw. I think they I think those teams are about at the same level. So mm-hmm. putting draw. And then the final fixture, the headline fixture, Man City versus Tottenham. This would have been this would have been a six-pointer at the top if Tottenham had held on, but they didn't. So uh yeah. I think I think there's only one way this will go. It's Etihad. City are so strong at the Etihad. Tottenham are struggling right now. 
City are doing really well. City win for me. Keenan, I'm changing my mind. <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying my Crystal Palace bet, I want that to be a classic 10. Okay. And I'm putting five on a draw. Ooh. For the City Tottenham game. Ooh. You know what? As I, as I was talking about how City will no doubt crush Tottenham, as I was saying that, I remembered that Tottenham are the bane of City. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this phenomenon. I am aware but... of this phenomenon. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep what I said, but, but it is true that, that Tottenham somehow can be the undoing of City. My reasoning is threefold. My first reasoning is Tottenham are historically the thorn in City's side. That is the first reason. Yep. My second reason is that that win against Leipzig was at best lucky. They that the City, despite fielding a strong team, were less than convincing against Leipzig, and uh, and they did recover. But for that whole first half, it was like lads, and so. I don't think I think City is a lot is a lot weaker than they they have been uh, at the moment, and they are on a two draw streak. And the French say never two without three, and so I think this might be the third one. All right, yeah, that's very valid reasoning. Um, yeah, you no, you're right. City's defense in particular has not been as sturdy as it has been in in times past. So. Um, Conceding well, so this is conceding seven goals in three games is quite unusual, City. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. All right, all right. So there That's we go. All right. That's a wrap on that. We got a nice variety, so there will definitely be a, a winner uh, <laughs> of some of some variety. There will be a winner, I, whether it's whether it's one of us comes out with a profit or just one of us wins because we didn't lose as much. That might you know the next next week might be a lesson in gambling. It might be a lesson again. Let's see. Let's see if we're like you know we yeah. would have made two hundred quid, or if we would have just like you know lost fifty. <laughs> if, we, if we win big, uh, then it's a lesson to keep gambling. <laughs> <laughs> we are still not sponsored by Bet Three Six Five, by the way. Yeah. Despite this, despite Keenan's, despite Keenan's open promotion of gambling right now, uh, we're not getting any cash out of this. I think you should know that, lads. I like how I name dropped them as well. Like, like we literally we're not sponsored by them. You like... name dropped them. <laughs> we're getting nothing out of this deal. All right, so the bets have been placed, and we will see who comes out on top of that particular game. I'm looking forward to the outcome. I hope I crush you, Keenan. Mm-hmm. But as always, there has been sports outside of uh, outside of football. I I refuse to believe there are sports outside of football. And yet, Keenan, there um, are. Nah. And uh, and so the F one ended this weekend. It was its last, uh, the last race of the season. It'll be stopping for three months. Uh, after after that last race, the conclusion is, uh, well, actually, this conclusion was reached a few weeks ago. Max Verstappen is the undisputed king of Formula One. The lad has broken record after record. He's a bit of an Erling Haaland. But uh, in racing, in that the guy's sort of just shown, shown up and crushed records. And he's also, the other likening to Erling Haaland that I can make is that he's a bit of a robot. And that <laughs> you've got, 
you've got these great players that also have kind of like a, a human story quality to them and then like sometimes they're struggling and then they come back from their struggles and they're doing better and then blah 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 no Verstappen is just like clinical he's been he's been in Formula One for two years I think two or three years and pretty much since he's shown up like the first season was a bit you know it was back and forth between his first 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 full season was kind of back and forth between him and Hamilton but last season he crushed it and this season he crushed it and he just sort of keeps crushing it and you the base the base assumption is a Formula One race starts you're expecting Verstappen to win it so the question is who's going to come second not who's going to come first pretty much by now. Oh. Yep. So uh, we'll see if that, if that dominance uh, leads into next year or not. But uh, in any case, 2023 was definitely Max Verstappen's year. The F1 GOAT. The F1 GOAT. Well, I, I enjoy... Um, oh, this, is, this could be another game that we play, which I saw another time, which I played with, my, with a friend of mine before, which is... Um, oh, I think I shared this with you, actually, where you, you pick your sporting GOAT. Yes, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like... Because there are... You know, there, there tend to be, in, in sports, just those names that just stick with you, that just stand out and stand the test of time. And you're like... And you can then sort of, I mean, you shouldn't compare sports too much, but but it's fun to do so. Yes, <laughs> it is. Kinda, you like to look at it and be like, does how does Max Verstappen's mm-hmm. dominance of F one compare to Novak Djokovic's tennis dominance? You're like who who really was the king of it all? Yeah, well, I think, yeah. But it's also important, in, you know, in any <clears throat> in any of these contexts, in any of these, to like put it back into the context of who were yeah. the other major players at that point yeah, in time in the sport. Yeah. That's what the that's what makes the debate really is like you know yeah to what extent did they dominate how competitive was it how long did they last whatever I think I after I did that I looked I sort of looked it up as in like I looked up other people's opinions and a, a name that I kept seeing was um well, I've forgotten the name but it was a guy in surfing who has basically been the absolute dominant force for like twenty thirty years. Mm. Like he's just he's just won everything all the time for like twenty five years straight. Like, all right, he's the he's the goat of sport. Surfing <laughs> is not. I feel like I feel like the issue for for him is that surfing is not like a huge worldwide sport, but uh, which I think is is a bit of a factor. But because um, like you know, even though even though he might have broken more records than Messi, for example, Messi is like a bit a bit of a one in a billion human in that so many people play football, and Messi's the guy who. It's the best of all of all time. Yeah, I, I think I suppose there is that that yeah. <clears throat> there is that that sort of comes into play. Yeah, which but that brings up the other debate of like what what is important in the sport? Is it that it's the most watched sport, or the most played sport, and you're the best of the most played sport, and therefore, yeah, uh, of the most. But at the same time, like if you take so Formula One for example, if since that's what we were talking about, is not one of the most uh, played sports because it's 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 a sport for it's a sport for rich people. Let's be honest, because you need to to reach Formula One level. That means you spend a lot of time karting, and karting is not the most accessible activity, uh, especially if you reach the level of which you have like your own cars and stuff like that. And you're you're driving regularly enough to 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 really to really know what you're doing. It's not something you can do easily like with football where you can just you know all you need is a ball and mm. from there you can you can do anything yeah. uh, but at the same time 
there are 20 Formula One drivers in the world. Really? There are, only yeah. 20? Yeah, because there's oh, only one Formula One. After that, it's Formula Two and three and four and so on, and then karting. Oh, uh, but, but that's it. Whereas, uh, whereas there are thousands of professional footballers. And so is it's like it, at the same time, you're already part of an elite of an, of a mega, a mega elite kind of group because there's only 20 of you in the world. And I, I don't know. It's like, there's, it's, it's, it, that's, yeah, I suppose that's part of what you're saying. It's like, it's hard to compare sports. And look, that's one of the reasons why it's hard to compare sports is there's, there's just yeah. such the context is just so different from one sport to another. Yeah. And then you can also look at things that aren't actually necessarily relevant to like sporting ability, but people do talk about, which is like influence, you know? And so you see, for example, like yeah. Jordan, it's quite, it's, it's, there's a very strong argument to say that LeBron James is actually a more complete basketball player than Michael Jordan, but in no way can he ever compete with his like influence as, a, as an yeah. icon of the sport right he like absolutely globalized it he's he's you know worldwide fame brought the sport to many continents and his he, version of space jam was definitely better yeah he just is mr basketball right yeah and so, and so if you're talking about the basketball go you kind of got the same michael jordan but like you know there's an argument from a sporting perspective that it's actually lebron but anyway that's yeah. just another that's just another part of the debate well to round things off, to round off both the podcast and this debate, there's yeah. another question, which is which sport actually uh, requires the most capability from a person? Which sport requires you to be the best all-round uh, performer? And uh, in an attempt to answer that question, a Dutch man 20 years ago invented a wacky sport... In case you hadn't noticed, this is today's wacky sport called chess boxing. Chess boxing pretty much does what it says on the tin. It is a sport that involves playing chess and boxing at the same time. And this is where it gets challenging, because as the guy uh, says himself, it is the combination of uh, the world's most uh, the world's most challenging intellectual sport and the world's perhaps today with UFC that's you know that's 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 debatable but uh, most challenging physical fighting sport and so two people go head to head they start off there are 11 rounds there are 11 rounds which are six rounds of chess and five rounds of boxing you start off with the first round of chess each round lasts 3 minutes and the winner is whoever reaches either checkmate or a knockout first. And um, if the chess is a draw at the end, there's a final boxing round. And if there's no knockout and the chess is a draw, then whoever wins the boxing on uh, points, as in normal boxing uh, matches, wins. Interesting. So that is the, that is the, that is the sport. Uh, the chess is played... Uh, it's it's blitz chess, so they have nine minutes of playing time total per per player, uh, even though there's three minute rounds. So uh, so that that is how that is how that that plays out. And uh, obviously, what's really challenging <laughs> is is uh, the fact that you get you're getting distracted 
by the two different things. So when you're trying to make decisions in chess, you're all breathing heavy and maybe yeah. you, you got punched in the head and so you're a little bit you're a little bit out of it and then when you're boxing you're trying not to think about the chess because that's when you're gonna you're gonna get caught off guard and boom uh, that's the real sport of resilience that in both physically, physically and mentally like i feel like the winner is just the one you can withstand <laughs> yeah basically like i i i thinking i even thinking about it it just like it 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 I don't I would never do that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I, I just I would not I would not submit myself to the combined intellectual and physical torture. <laughs> now not now practically speaking though, imagine you're phenomenally good at one or the other. I feel like that might ruin the fun of it a bit if you just if you can basically avoid your role in, in one by just quickly quickly wrapping up the other. Well, they, they, uh, the uh, creators of the sport have specifically made it so that it is as perfectly balanced as possible in that given the timings, uh, you need to be able to do both. Uh, and that's part of why it starts with the chess round as well, in that if you're just a really good boxer, but uh, you're not very good at chess, three minutes is sufficient for someone who's good at chess to checkmate you uh, or to get close enough that they just have to run around the ring avoiding you for a round before doing it to you again on the next one before doing the checkmate. And similarly, uh, there's enough rounds of boxing that if you're, if you're good at chess but you're not any good at boxing uh, and the guy, in, uh, the guy in, uh, that, you're, that you're facing is, is uh, decent enough at chess, to to be able to stave you off, then you're not going to win just on your chess merits. So you need to have both to be able to win. You can have one that you're better at between the two, but you need to be able to perform in both of them, not to lose in the other one whilst uh, waiting to, to win in the one that you're more dominant at. Interestingly, right. the statistics are uh, worldwide, given that there are like 100 chess boxing matches a day today, um, well, uh, worldwide, around sixty percent of games are won uh, on the chessboard, and forty percent are won in the boxing ring. I caught up with an old friend today who who told me that he's uh, he's joined both a chess club and a boxing club. I kid you not. So um, maybe I should just tell him to uh, save save his time and, and become a chess boxer. Yeah, you you could <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Make life easier for yourself. <laughs> All right, and that was this game week's edition of Foot Bros. I'd like to thank Keenan for being out with me and uh, and having this chat. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. Good luck with your FPL teams over the course of the next game week, and we will check back in next week to see how that all went on. Indeed, we will. See you all next time. See ya. Bye.